And I, I hope that this week has been a week of inner reflection. I hope that this week has, you've answered some questions about yourself, you asked a little bit more, got some answers in, asked a little bit more again. Um, because I believe that God is trying to get us to a place where we have never been. And, you know, the pastors and, and the executive pastor and senior pastor have been talking about, you know, about grace and grace and grace and grace and grace. You know, when I saw her, she's like, you kicked grace to the curb. And I'm like, I really didn't. I said, what I did was showing you what's on the other side of that mountaintop. Just to give you something a little bit more to look forward to. So, so we're, we're going to jump right back into this. And, you know, and I, you know, I pray that you are getting ready for all that God has for you. I pray that you're getting ready for everything that you've asked him for, because Lord knows that we have to get there. So, uh, so that's, that's where we're going to be. I mean, last week, Exodus 33 and 18, it talks, you know, we talk about here, it says, and Moses said, I beseech you, Lord, show me your glory. And that is such a powerful statement because I'm like, Lord, you know, tell me, what is that? What does that mean? And throughout this week, I've been saying to him, yes, Lord, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to receive everything that you have for me. I understand that I want to see your glory, that I, I need your grace in my life. And we established last week that grace lets you into the party. It gives you access to God's glory. You can't get to God's glory without his grace. So I'm thankful for his grace. We need grace. So contrary to popular belief, we did not send grace packing. We embraced it. Because the ultimate end or the ultimate conclusion of God's grace is his glory. Amen. So if you, take it, if you take grace to its end conclusion, you arrive at his glory. Yes. Yes. So we set that up last week. We said all that to say that. God's grace will lead you to his glory. I said, Lord, I am on board with that. So if you have your Bible, let's go to 2 Chronicles 16 and 9. 2 Chronicles 16 and 9, and then the Message Bible, it says, But you asked God for help, and he gave you the victory. God is always on the alert, constantly on the lookout for people who are totally committed to him. You were foolish to go for human help when you could have had God's help. He said, Now you're in trouble. One round of war after another. And the reason why I bring Second Chronicles up here said that in the King James version of the Bible says that God is seeking the earth. He's going to and fro, yeah. looking for someone that He can show Himself strong to, That's right. or He is seeking people to show His glory to. I love it. Okay. Yes. He is actively looking for folks that are seeking Him. Mm-hmm. So you're searching for Him. And he's searching for you. And when the two of you connect, there needs to be a magnanimous shift in your life. So, Lord, I'm seeking, searching, just like Moses was. And when he shows up, boom, wonderful things need to happen. Yesterday, um, my wife took us down to uh, the Cape May Zoo, right? Which is nice. I love that. You know, nice and quiet and very clean and, and whatnot. And... While we're walking through the zoo, Callie, who was a genius in her own right, she's like, Dad, look at that. Look, look at that peacock over there. You know, and this thing probably came up to about here on my hip. 
and his wingspan, how, how, how big was it? Like nine feet? So this peacock is walking around with his arms stretched out wide with all of these feathers, and he's just strutting around. Like, look at me. Look at me. And, you know, she's like, he does that so he can attract other peacocks. I'm like, what do you mean? He said, well, that's how they find each other. I'm like, really? She's like, yeah, they make some noise. But he shows his splendor to attract other people. And I said, huh. I said, there's a message in that. And, I'm, and all of a sudden, I became my father, which was crazy. But I'm like, you know what, Lord? When I read Second Chronicles, that's exactly what he is doing. When Moses said, Lord, show me your glory, and he agreed, said, I'm going to show you all that I am. Said he had to take him on top of that mountain where no one else was there so he could unveil his glory. Said, now, you may ask, well, what does that mean? Now, I have... There's probably about 50 scriptures that I cannot give to you, but if you see me after service, I will give them to you to describe what God's glory is. God's glory is strength, beauty, majesty, abundance, wealth, treasure, honor, dignity, splendor, brightness, light. It's the bliss of heaven. It's God's infinite perfections. And he is just begging Begging, 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 and pleading for an opportunity to show all of that to you. So as I sat in that zoo yesterday and I saw them walking around and that peacock is flailing and he's making audible sounds so people can hear him. And I just picture God saying, look at me. Look at me. Moses felt it. I am God. God, God. And like it says here in 2 Chronicles, he is searching for someone that wants to see all that he has. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So, Lord, I love your grace. And your grace is fabulous. And I thank you for it. But I want to see all of this. I want to see your splendor. I want to see your majesty. I want to see your treasure. I want to see your infinite perfections. Not just around me, but in me over me, through me. That's what he's looking for. Said So 2 Chronicles needs to be our calling card. We have to be the folks that, Lord, you know what? Reveal yourself to me. My heart is open so that you can reveal yourself to me. I want that God, God experience. I want to sit on top of the mountain and have God sit down next to me. And this whole week, I've said, Lord, this is what I want. Show me, show me, show me. He's like, I'm going to show you something better. All right. So throughout my study, he pointed me to a specific passage that says, I want to show you an excelling glory. Wow. Bigger and better than the glory that you think you know. Mm. I want to show you more over that. I want to show you more than the God God experience on the mountain. Said, now that's what I want for you. I didn't know such thing existed. That I could receive excelling glory. That I could have excelling glory operating in my life. Now last week we talked about, yes, grace is sufficient, but we want the overflow. That is the overflow. Said, okay, Lord, show me what you have. Show me this. Show me, show me, show me. 
So let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. So 2 Corinthians chapter 3, um, if you start at verse, uh, verse 7 in the King James Bible, it says a ministry of glory. So it's giving you all these bits and pieces of, of what this is. So then, okay. So 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10, it says, Indeed, in view of this fact, what once had splendor, the glory of the law in the face of Moses, has come to have no splendor at all. So the God God experienced on top of the mountain at some point in time lost its luster. Now think about this for a minute. That God coming down from heaven, having a conversation with you on top of Mount Sinai would be second place in the history of God's great glory. I can't imagine such a thing. Because I would think that God sitting down next to you having a conversation would just be the end all be all. But he said, no. He said, that experience that Moses had, he said, it was just all right. He said, it was just all right. He said, it's lost a little bit of its splendor. He said, but I got something better for you. He said, but because of the overwhelming glory that exceeds and excels, it is the glory of the gospel in the face of Jesus Christ. He said, so wait. So what you've read here is that the God-God experience that Moses had is great. He said, but if I go and seek Christ's face and seek him and his way of doing and being, my experience of God's glory will be far more than Moses ever had. Wow. Now, when you think about that, when Moses saw God, it changed his countenance, yeah. his face, everything. That's right. He said, but if I seek Jesus, I mean, and I mean really seek him with my heart. Mm-hmm. I mean, really seek him like I want to know everything about him. My experience will be greater than that. This is my excelling glory that you're talking about? He's like, yes. And this is the end desire for every believer on the face of the earth to experience more than just the God, God shaking of the mountains experience. He says, I want you to connect with me on a level that you have never seen before. Now, I hope that at some point in time, some of these words that we are talking today We'll connect somewhere. I said, okay. I'm like, all right. I, I, I'm, I'm okay with that, Lord. Said, so verse 11 says, for it was that which thing was passing and fading away came with splendor. How much more must that which remain and is permanent abide in glory and splendor? Said, so the glory that Moses saw was fading, but the glory that God's going to give you now through his son is permanent and will abide forever. Since we have such glorious hope, such joyful and confident expectation, we speak very freely and openly and fearlessly. Nor do we act like Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze upon the finished of the vanishing splendor which had been upon it. Now, stop the presses. Moses saw God, and his countenance was changed. And he fell down and he worshiped. And his first reaction after that was not to go and tell everyone, I saw God on the mountain. He hid his face. He hid his face. And so many of us as believers have experienced God do something wonderful in our lives. But instead of showing that out to other folks, we hide behind this veil. 
because it says right here that the glory that Moses experienced at that point was fleeting. It was vanishing. In fact, he hid his face so much that I don't want to scare people the way I look. But more importantly, I don't want people to know that the glory that was once upon me is now leaving. Mm. So this happens Sunday after Sunday in churches where people come in and they assume that because of the things that they've accomplished or that they've accumulated is God's glory. But it's really not. And they hide behind these things as the glory upon them is fading and vanishing. So they're faking and not really experiencing what God truly has. Said, so Dave, when you say, show me your glory, you want that God-God experience, don't be like Moses. Yeah. Who experienced it one time, but that glory didn't abide with him permanently. Mm. Said, I want my glory to come and live with you. Yeah. In your heart. Yes. In your mind, That's in your right. soul, deep in your bones. Yeah. I want you to experience my splendor, my glory, my majesty, my grace, my strength, my brightness, all of the time, yes. and I don't want it to be fleeting. And if I show you this, if I give you this excelling glory, don't hide your face from folks. Right. Don't hide your face. Because we talked about last week, so when you experience God's glory, it's to change yourself. Yeah. Right. So that you can now become a beacon for other folks. That's right. So people can actually see what the hand of God actually looks like, mm -hmm. where we're not hiding our face from God or from anyone else, because up to that point, we had been faking it. He's looking for a genuine experience with you right now. Yes. says, I want to show you my glory for real. Not just what you can get from me, but I want you to, I want you to see all that I am, mm -hmm. all that I can do. Yes. Look at me, I'm beautiful. Thank you, Jesus. And I want you to embrace that yes. all of the time. Yes. Yes. said, you've been asking for these things, but you've never been ready because you've been faking this experience for so long. You've been faking what God's glory looks like for so long that when it shows up, you don't even know what it looks like. Wow. I love the prosperity gospel. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love it. Mm -hmm. But people have been hearing so many perverted versions of what that actually is yeah. that they lose focus on what God truly is about. Mm -hmm. And what he wants for you today is to experience his glory and everything else will follow. So I don't want you to have just a fleeting experience of me, Dave. I want you to have a permanently abiding presence with me. He said, that's why when you experience it for real, you will speak freely because of the glory. You will live a fearless life because of the glory. You don't hide the glory, you show it off. Said, Lord, that's what I want. Verse 14 says, in fact, their minds were grown hard and calloused. They had become dull and had lost the power of understanding until this present day. When the Old Testament or the Old Covenant is being read, that same veil still lies on their hearts, not being lifted to reveal that in Christ it is made void and done away. Yes, down to this very day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies upon their minds and hearts. But whenever a person turns in repentance to the Lord, the veil is stripped off and taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Emancipation from bondage, freedom. 
And all of this as with that unveiled face because we continue to behold in the word of God as in a mirror of the glory of the Lord. We are constantly being transfigured into his very own image and ever increasing splendor and from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the word who is the spirit. When we decide to stop trying to do it your way, or when we decide to stop faking this true enough experience, when we decide to seek God and seek Jesus and seek him, not his things, said, I will remove the veil from your eyes and I will reveal myself to you, all of me, so that you can see all that I am and experience all that I have because I really want you together. I want you to be connected with me, not just superficially, but I want you to experience what this excelling glory is all about. That's right. Yes. So Lord, I want that. Now the interesting thing that you read here in 17 and 18 is that the more you seek him, the more you become like him. The more you seek him, the more you become like him. It says made in the image of him, who? Your father. So that the more that you seek him, the more that you spend time with our heavenly father. And we ask for that glory and that glory and that glory. And we keep saying, Lord, show me your glory, show me your glory. What he is actually doing in turn is showing you yourself. It says right here, if you continue to seek me, I will transfigure you just like a mirror. So you can actually see what my glory looks like because it should be inside of you. That's true. Yeah. So, so when you say, show me your glory, he's just going to hold a mirror in front of your face. <laughs> Lord, show me your glory. Yeah. I'm showing you your face. Mm-hmm. Lord, show me your glory. I'm showing you your face. Mm-hmm. This is what your reflection should look like. When you seek me, you become just like me. Yes. That's right. So when you say, show me your glory, you're looking at yourself in the mirror. That's when it's real. That's when it abides in you. That's when it's a part of you. Not just something that can be shaken off or something that's going to vanish. Your reflection is going to be there until you shuffle off this mortal coil. So every time when you wake up, you should see God's glory in yourself. So the whole point of what we've been teaching and talking here, yeah. he's been shaping you and molding you. If, um, if you see a rocksmith, you know, they shape gems and things of that nature. They have little claw hammers and shaping pads and felt things and all that. So what they do to make it shiny is they just keep rubbing it. They'll scratch a little off here, a little there. And the more that that person works that rock, works that gem, it becomes more shiny. It becomes more beautiful. It becomes more splendid. It starts to glow almost. And that's what he is doing to you. Every single time you seek his face and you seek his presence, he is taking you in his hand and he is shaping you into the image that he wants you to be. So by the time you reach that finished product, you say, Lord, show me your glory. He's going to say, look, here it is. Right here. You are splendor. You are awesome. You are my handiwork and you are the physical embodiment of my glory. And this whole conversation has been about you taking the veil off of your eyes and understanding who exactly you are. 
So instead of saying, Lord, show me your glory, so say, just take a look. Just take a look. My glory is right here, but you, you, you walk around with your face covered. Lord, show me your glory. No, it's you, dude. Lord, show me your glory. No, it's inside of you. Yes. Lord, show me your glory. No, stop asking me and just look. Don't ask me. I'm showing you. Because if you spend time, you can't but help to see my glory inside of you. And that's the point that we have been missing for so long. So, Lord, I need to be shaped in your image. I'm not going to resist any longer. In fact, Lord, when, when we talk about seeking the earth and finding someone, I'm your guy. Do with me whatever you will. Thank you, Lord. I want to get into the back room. I want to experience your grace, but I sure as heck want to see your glory. Yes. And I want to see it in a way that no one else has ever seen or experienced. Right. Yes. I want to see your splendor. John talks about experiencing the, the depth and breadth and width of God's love for you. That's what he's talking about. That's what he's talking about. He's standing there with his arms wide open saying, look at me or look at you. Figure out what you want to be. Figure out what you want to do. God wants you to connect with him in a way that you've never done it before. And he needs you to understand exactly all that he has done for you and all that he wants to do for you. And you have to get out of your own way. And you have to stop being afraid to let God move in your life. So when he said, are you really ready to receive all of this? It's like, are you done being afraid? Are you done not believing? Are you done with the unbelief? Are you done with just giving me a portion of yourself? Are you done with all of that? 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, And all of us, as with an unveiled face, because we continue to behold the word of God as a mirror in the glory of the Lord, are constantly being transfigured into his very own image, and in every increasing splendor from one degree of glory to another. So we, as believers, increase in splendor. And verse 1 of chapter 4 says, Therefore, since we do hold and engage in this ministry, the mercy of God, granting us favor, benefits, opportunities, and especially salvation, we do not get discouraged, spiritless and despondent with fear, or become faint with weariness and exhaustion. When you understand what God wants to do for you in your life, verse 1 becomes a reality. said, because I understand that you are God. And I know what your splendor is. And I know about your grace. And I am experiencing your glory. I don't fear anything. And you cannot exhaust me. Because I can't exhaust you. So I can believe you for any and everything. And I can stand in faith for any and everything. For as long as it takes. Because you said right there. You're going to increase me. And I will become more splendid as I continue to seek you. And I will shine brighter because of your glory. And I'll excel further because of your glory. And I will receive all that you have for me because of your glory. I refuse to take a back seat to my life any longer. Because God has something special for you. Yes. 
He has excelling glory for you. He has the God-God experience on steroids for you. I said, Lord, that's what I want. I'm going to close with Ephesians 1 real fast. Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 17 and 18. It says, For I always pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, the Father of glory, that he may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation, of insight into mystery and secrets, and the deep and intimate knowledge of him, by having the eyes of your heart flooded with light. Having the eyes of your heart flooded with light, or having your eyes flooded with his glory, so that you can know and understand the hope to which he has called you, and how rich in his glorious inheritance in the saints, his set-apart ones. Verse 19 says, so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe, as demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength. He wants all of this for you. This is what happens when God's glory is revealed and opened to the eyes of your heart. When your heart is flooded with God's actual glory, all of these things become second nature. Experiencing his glory, his power, his majesty. Like when we talked about when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. When he told him, he said, didn't I tell you to believe? Believe and rely in me said, if you believe and you rely in me, you will see the glory of God. You will see his goodness. And the reason why you will see that is because you're believing in him and he is inside of you. So by default, every moment when you wake up and you look at yourself in the mirror and you're brushing your teeth, hopefully you're brushing your teeth, combing your hair, hopefully combing your hair, you are seeing God's glory in action because he's living deep inside of you. So you don't have to seek it too far because it's already in you. And it is up to you, those who believe, to have it demonstrated in your life. Said, Lord, you know what? Yes, demonstrate your power, demonstrate your goodness, Demonstrate your grace, your glory, all of that in my life. So may Christ, through your faith, this is Ephesians 3 and 17, actually dwell, settle down, abide, and make his permanent home in your hearts. That's why this is an excelling glory for you. Because it will never fade. It is written deep inside of your heart. Because it's been revealed not just to your head, not just to your eyes, not just to your mouth, but God's glory has been revealed yes. to your heart. Yes, glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes. David talks about it being written on the tablets of his heart. Yes. That boy knew exactly what he was talking about when he was talking about God's glory. That's why he could expect to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Because it was literally living on his heart. I said, Lord, I want your glory. Not just around me so I can see it everywhere and that's fabulous. But I want your glory living inside of me. 
living, breathing. May you be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love, that you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people, the experience of that love, what is the breadth and length and height and the depth of it, that you may come, really come to know. He wants you to really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled through all of your being unto all the fullness of God. I want to be filled with all of the fullness of God. I want to be filled with all of this. That's what I want. I want to be filled with his splendor, with his glory, with his majesty. And I'm going to be the peacock. I'm going to show everyone else what God's glory looks like. It says, until all the fullness of God may have the richest measure of his divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. Hmm. Verse 20 is the one where we shout the walls down. Now to him who by a consequence of the actions of his power that is at work within us is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly far over and above all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, and or dreams. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Lord, fill me to the full so that my body your body can be fully, wholly filled with his actual presence so that I can give him glory both now and forever. Give him glory both now and forever. To give him his own glory both now and forever because that's how we're connected. Glory to glory. I have no more time. I have no more time. But I want you to understand what God wants to do for you today. Now, she'll bring it on home next week, and I promise she will. But I want you to understand what God has for you just over that mountaintop. His actual presence waiting to abide in you. His actual presence waiting to abide in you. Will you let him do this for you so that you can be ready to receive all that you want, but more importantly, all that he has for you. Thank you for listening to today's message. Visit www.rwolfc.com for articles, blog posts, message references, and our monthly calendar of events. 